the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Georgine Rice Show on this Friday afternoon. And yes, we will be taking a look at some of the lighter side of the news that's coming up a couple segments from now. Also, we'll share this week's Christian Outlook in the second hour of today's program. Kevin McCullough, he talks with KT McFarland. She's Deputy National Security Advisor under President Trump. And Gordon Chang, a China expert. They're going to talk about China's increasingly belligerent and aggressive posture on the world stage and President Biden's actions as leader of the free world. We'll also hear from Bob Burney. He talks about parental frustration with the increasing woke and draconian public schools, which has led to a boom in homeschooling. And you'll hear my conversation with uh, Dan Britton and Ron Forseth about their book, The Wisdom Challenge. That's coming up in the second hour of today's program. I had an opportunity to host this week in the Christian Outlook. I hope you'll stick around for that. First, we'll take a look at some of the day's headlines, beginning with um, Glenn Greenwald, he says the Hunter Biden $2 million Libya bombshell you may or may not have heard about is more proof the media lied to the public during the campaign. Well, the release of the um, the report from Business Insider that first son Hunter Biden sought an annual $2 million retainer to aid the recovery of Libyan assets frozen by President Barack Obama while his father Joe Biden was the vice president proves, he says, that the media lied to the American public about the Biden family business storyline, according to investigative journalist Glenn Greenwald. Well, Greenwald helped um, break the Edward Snowden NSA story and now writes for Substack. He told uh, Tucker Carlson tonight that this report on Hunter's nefarious alleged business dealings adds to overwhelming evidence that the emails found on the 51-year-old Biden's laptop are authentic. The insider report is based on emails that were not on that particular hard drive, the one that is now former um, Wilmington, Delaware repairman gave to the FBI and former New York City Mayor Rudolph Giuliani. Well, earlier on Thursday, the insider published information from two unrelated emails one from the 28th of January 2015 from Democratic donor Sam Jahari to Sheikh Mohammed al-Rabani, uh, an Obama donor. Per phone conversation, I met with number two son. He wants $2 million per year retainer. His dad is deciding to run or not, wrote Jahari. Well, he described Hunter's positives as being chairman of the U.N. World Food Program, being a business partner of SOS J. Forbes Case son. Uh, Forbes is the middle name of John Kerry, and Hunter has been linked to Christopher Hines, the former Secretary of State's stepson through marriage to catch up heiress Teresa Hines Kerry. Well, the evidence was overwhelming from the beginning. Uh, Tucker, um, he went on to say that the emails were authentic, Greenwald told the host of the program. Well, in other developments, the president may owe up to $500,000 in back taxes, paying his fair share. Lawrence Fox claims he's uncanceled after taking a role in the Hunter Biden biopic. And Greg Gutfeld pointed out that the media will bury the border crisis like the Hunter laptop story until they can impugn America again. 
Mr. Chaffetz, he uh, slammed the big tech gods, small g, over their bias after Politico confirmed the Hunter Biden laptop story was in fact true. You may recall they censored stories on the subject before the election. Well, the Tennessee Kroger grocery store shooting left two dead, including the gunman. Police in Tennessee responded after at least a dozen people were shot at a Kroger supermarket, including at least one who was killed. The shooter, whose identity remained unknown, it was identified later today, also was dead of what was believed to be self-inflicted gunshot wound. The shooting happened in Collierville, Tennessee, about 30 miles east of downtown Memphis. The police chief there uh, said responding officers and a SWAT team entered the supermarket, went aisle to aisle to rescue employees, uh, some of whom were hiding in the store's freezers. I've been involved in this for 34 years, and I've never seen a scene like this He went on to say, calling it the most horrific event in Collierville history. Police said 44 employees were in the store at the time of the shooting, though it was unclear how many customers were inside. Derek Chauvin appeals his murder conviction in the death of George Floyd. He plans to represent himself. Uh, The Del Rio congressman or rather, I should say, the congressman from from Del Rio, has accused Mayorkas of trying to lie to him. He used stronger language, uh, but lie to him on the border situation. And Representative uh, Ocasio-Cortez appears to be crying after the squad's anti-Israeli or anti-Semitic agenda was squashed. Mike Pompeo says the Biden administration is giving illegal immigrants a green light to enter the U.S., well, Costco is sounding the alarm over its supply of key products, forcing them to make big changes. Among that list, toilet paper. Disney is not, I repeat, not investigating the handling of sexual assault allegations there. And a top U.S. port has been hit by a cyber attack. A nation state actor is suspected. And an automaker has made a huge change to go vegan and to stop animal cruelty. I'm not sure I see the connection aside from leather seats, but there you have it. Well, according to a new Pew poll, the majority of the public now says President Biden is not mentally sharp. Much of the Pew poll was um, brutal. Like many others, their polling finds his approval underwater by nearly double digits. Also of note, nearly two-thirds view him as not bringing the country closer together, a promise he made at his inauguration. Phil Klein says the dramatic drop uh, in... um, in the uh, approval rating may not have been directly related to the nuances of Afghanistan policy, but to the fact that the crisis showed Biden to be weak, lacking command, kind of out of it, and frankly, too old, end quote. Well, the Biden administration has released the vast majority of Haitians into the public. Hijacking buses apparently didn't give them bad credibility, but the administration wants them gone because it creates bad optics. Byron York says, so the answer to the question, where did they go, is the great majority were admitted into the United States. Well, the Biden envoy to Haiti resigned over inhumane migrant expulsions, saying that he did not like the way the situation was being handled. And one Democrat blistered a fellow Democrat for her anti-Semitism. House Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman Ted Deutsch, he slammed Representative Rashida Tlaib on the House floor on Thursday after Tlaib made highly controversial remarks about the state of Israel as she objected to sending money to Israel so they could defend themselves from Palestinian terrorist attacks emanating out of Gaza. Meanwhile, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says no more horses will be used at the border. Now, if you are familiar with the terrain, that's why horses are used. Uh, She said the White House um, 
uh, made the point it was conveyed to civil rights leaders. So apparently horses are racist and Biden is all over it. More on that if time permits. Well, four times more Detroit residents say increasing police would make them feel safer, more so than a reduction they now live with or don't live with, depending on whether or not you're a victim. Part of the findings, uh, nearly three in 10 Detroit residents say they have been the victim of a crime in this past year, so they are painfully aware of the need for police. Meanwhile, Al Sharpton was heckled at the Texas-Mexico border. The man who sees racism in everything called the use of horses at the border slave-like techniques. The Texas crowd did not want him there and drown him out. His presser was not successful. And the University of Alabama Theater Department plans to include a diversity statement to help understand the plays they plan to produce. In case you aren't woke enough, they'll help you along in that area. Hey, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're taking a look at some of the more serious news, and we'll switch to the lighter side of the news in the second half of this first hour. And we'll share this week's Christian outlook as well, so stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're winding our way through some of the top news stories of the last 24, 48 hours. Before we do that, I want to remind you that Bring Your Bible to School Day is coming up Thursday, October 7th. Focus on the family and 93.9 KPDQ. Want to encourage your family to participate in Bring Your Bible to School Day coming up Thursday, October 7th. It is a day when thousands of students will share God's hope with their friends by, well, you guessed it, bringing their Bibles to school. Plus, when you sign up, you will be automatically entered for a chance to win a trip to the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. So don't miss out. Sign up and get a free guide at kpdq.com, keyword Bible or on KPDQ, the mobile app. So there you have it. Well, Democrat leaders Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi say that they have a deal on the proposed tax increase. You can read more about that in the Washington Examiner. And... Um, Expect several Senate Democrats to undercut their claims of unity as the back and forth uh, continues. Well, the FBI says the murder uh, rate soared in 2020, marking the highest year over year increase ever recorded. Not particularly encouraging. And Joe Biden, who demands people pay their fair share, may owe up to $500,000 in back taxes. Hunter Biden requested more than $2 million to unfreeze Libyan assets when his dad was vice president. And the January 6th committee has subpoenaed four from Donald Trump's inner circle. The investigation continues. House Republicans just voted to draft women and GOP senators are expected to do the same. No joke, the Biden administration has stopped the Border Patrol from using horses in Del Rio. The terrain may make it very difficult to do their job. And the president promised, even though an investigation is supposed to determine what actually happened, that they will pay for their actions. He's already determined what those actions were and that they will pay. Now, the fact that he said the same thing about Afghanistan gives me a little hope because there's not going to be any payment for the uh, U.S. service members who were killed there. A Taliban official says strict punishment and executions will return. We didn't expect anything else, although a kinder, gentler Taliban, we were told, was emerging. Well, the director of the CDC has defied the agency's advisory panel, recommending COVID boosters for younger at-risk workers. And the CDC quietly removed school guidance for eliminating masks, rolling back COVID prevention efforts. So I guess students will just wear them for the remainder of their education. A New York health commissioner has resigned after criticism over the nursing home scandal. And Oregon, a nanny state, 
uh, officials say that you can kiss on dates if both consenting parties are vaccinated. I am so relieved to know that the state of Oregon is weighing in on this controversial story. I can hardly wait to go home and tell Dan Rice. Of some considerable note, some 1.5 million students left traditional public schools over the last year. And the GOP-led Arizona election review closely matches Biden's winning margin. And in a um, hypothetical matchup uh, in 2024, Trump over Biden by 10 points, Harris by 13 points. You can read more on that in the Washington Examiner. And stranger than fiction, a Chicago suburb is attempting a world record for the largest dog wedding ceremony. I think I'm going to miss it. Wow. And in a moment of satire, horse-mounted aides with whips chase away journalists trying to ask President Biden questions. Okay, that was the Babylon Bee. Well, on this day in history, 1789, President George Washington signs a Judiciary Act establishing America's federal court system and creating the post of Attorney General. 1890, or rather 1869, thousands of businessmen are ruined in a Wall Street panic known as Black Friday after financiers Jay Gould and James Fisk attempt to corner the gold market. 1976, about 100 years later, former hostage Patricia Hearst is sentenced to seven years in prison for her part in a 1974 bank robbery in San Francisco carried out by the Symbionese Liberation Army. Hearst was released 22 months later after receiving clemency from President Jimmy Carter. 1934, Babe Ruth makes his farewell appearance as a player with the New York Yankees in a game against the Boston Red Sox. 1960, the Howdy Doody show ends in nearly uh, a nearly 13 year run with its final telecast on NBC. On this day in history, 1960, the USS Enterprise, the first nuclear powered aircraft carrier, is launched at Newport News, Virginia. 1968, 60 Minutes premieres on CBS. The undercover police drama The Mod Squad premieres on ABC. 1969, the trial of the Chicago Eight, later seven, begins. Five would be convicted of crossing straight lines to incite riots at the 1968 Democratic Convention, but the convictions would be ultimately overturned. 1988, on this day in history, Canadian sprinter Ben Johnson wins the men's 100-meter dash at the Seoul Summer Olympics, but he would be disqualified three days later for using anabolic steroids. 1996, the United States and 70 other countries become the, t- the um, uh, testing ground, uh, or rather are the first to sign a treaty at the United Nations to end all testing and development of nuclear weapons. The Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty has yet to um, enter into force because of the refusal so far of eight nations, including the United States, to ratify it. And finally, on this day in history, British Prime Minister Tony Blair asserts that Iraq has a growing arsenal of chemical and biological weapons and plans to use them as he unveils an intelligence dossier to a special session of Parliament. Well, the House passed a bill to eliminate various state-level restrictions on abortion today in what Democrats have described as a push to codify Roe v. Wade into law. The bill passed 218 to 211, with Representative Henry Collier, a Democrat from Texas, joining Republicans in voting no. This is about freedom, about freedom of women to have choice, about the size and timing of their families, which is not the business of people on the court or members of Congress. That's a quote from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, speaking to reporters uh, the morning before the vote. Now, of course, she was not referring to um, pre-born babies in utero who also happen to be female. 
Representative Jody Chu told reporters she is the uh, bill's lead sponsor. Congress must protect the rights of women and pregnant people and pregnant people, as if women were not the only pregnant people, in every zip code putting an end to an attack on abortion once and for all. Uh, What the Democrats are bringing before us, it's really a radical bill. It allows abortion on demand until, up until birth. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy points out before the vote, regardless of how you feel about the situation, that is not the place I believe Americans are at. Dangling participle. Among other provisions, the bill known as the Women's Health Protection Act, sounds innocuous enough, will require states to allow abortions of an unborn baby viable outside the womb if one physician determines that an abortion would protect the woman's health. And again, we're talking about the adult woman, not the woman in utero. The bill would likely supersede state laws mandating a 24-hour waiting period prior to an abortion procedure, as well as bans on sex selection uh, abortions. Uh, The bill is not expected to advance in the Senate, where Democrats are tied 50-50 with Republicans. While the um, act was introduced in previous years, Democrats reintroduced the legislation after the Texas abortion law the heartbeat bill that stands as law after the U.S. Supreme Court decided not to take the bill up. Well, finally, President Biden on Friday left Border Patrol agents stunned after repeating debunked claims that Del Rio agents whipped or strapped Haitian migrants while promising to make those agents pay. Well, the president weighed in on the controversy over images that emerged on Sunday of agents on horseback blocking Haitian migrants, which is the job they are paid to do, from entering the U.S., Um, He claims that agents who were using long reins to control their horses were using whips, were quickly debunked by officials, other agents and the photographer who was at the scene. But activists and elected Democrats have continued to fuel it. The photographer who took the images said Friday he didn't see any agents whipping any migrants. The Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas had pushed back against the narrative alongside Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz. But a day later, under pressure, after the White House had called the images horrific, he went on CNN and said the images troubled him profoundly before adding that one cannot weaponize a horse against migrants. So you either get on board, you get in line, or you lose your job. On Friday, with the ongoing investigation into the agents, what investigation? They've already decided what happened. Who've now been shifted to desk duty. And a day after the administration uh, barred the use of horses in Del Rio, the president tore into those agents. So will they get a fair hearing? Is there going to be a review of what actually happened? Well, in order to save face, my guess is no, they won't. The narrative that was um, the false narrative that was embraced as a uh, tool to distract the public's uh, attention uh, will be will win the day. And the fact that there were thousands and thousands of migrants um, that had come across the border border will be lost in all of it. Nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll take a look at some of the lighter side of the news. I say we because James Blend will join me. So stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Hey, I want to remind you that the Courageous Legacy Casting Crowns Getaway is something you need to enter to win. Let me explain. We're celebrating the 10-year anniversary of the Kendrick Brothers hit movie, Courageous. I loved that movie. You can win a getaway to see the Casting Crowns Christmas concert in Grand Prairie, 
that's Dallas, Texas, on Friday, December 17th. Now, the prize includes airfare and hotel for two, concert tickets, a Kendrick Brothers movie catalog, so everything they've ever produced. You can enter the Courageous Legacy Casting Crowns Getaway on kpdq.com once every day if you want to between now and October the 8th. So check it out, the Courageous Legacy Casting Crowns Getaway. Sounds like fun. Well, James Blend joins us now to take a look at the lighter side of the news. Welcome, James. Thank you very much. Nice to be at the end of the week with you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's start with the Toy Hall of Fame. I didn't know there was one, but there is a Toy Hall of Fame. And leading the uh, leading the way, a couple of toys you might be familiar with, Cabbage Patch Kids, the rosy cheek dolls that left store shelves uh, picked clean during the first big holiday toy craze, are up for a spot in the National Toy Hall of Fame. It's part of a finalist group announced on Wednesday that also includes garden variety sand, okay, yeah. and uh, the toy fire engine. Also among finalists being considered for a November induction are five competitive games, Battleship, Risk, The Settlers of Catan. I'm not sure what that game is. Or if it's I'm even, Catan, but yeah. I was going to say, I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing it correctly. Mm-hmm. Mar- I've played it many times. Oh, really? Catan? Yep. What is Catan? It's, it's a uh, game of trading supplies so that you can build community. Okay. Yep. The Settlers of Catan, Mahjong, I know I got that one right, and Billiards, as well as Pinatas, American Girls Dolls, American Girl Dolls, Masters of the Universe, and Fisher-Price Corn Popper. So there you have it, the finalists. Well, the 2021 finalists were pulled from the thousands of nominations the National Toy Hall of Fame receives every year. Anyone can nominate a toy, and a panel, a toy rather, and a panel of experts, along with input from the public, votes in the three to be inducted. The 74 previous honorees have run the uh, gamut from the simplest cardboard box uh, and stick to the groundbreaking Atari 2600 game system and universally uh, known checkers, Crayola crayons, and marbles. Uh, To be inducted, toys must have withstood tests of time and memory, changed play or toy design, and foster learning, creativity, and discovery. Did you have a favorite toy growing up? Well, you know, um, thinking about it, I I liked playing with Hot Wheels cars and stuff. I think that was probably my, my favorite growing up. But it's funny you mentioned the cardboard box because, I mean, I, you know, I always thought I was a weird kid because I love to play with cardboard boxes. My parents got a new refrigerator. I must have played with that box for weeks. Oh, I bet. Um, and then, you know, once uh, my daughter came along, I swear she likes the boxes better than the gifts that are in them. I'll remember that next time uh, her birthday so, rolls yeah, around. Yeah, by all means, no need to get anything <laughs> but the box. And, uh, you know, I. They really do provide hours of uh, endless entertainment. So I guess as weird as it sounds, I'd say that belongs. I wish you'd mentioned that earlier during the pandemic when I was bored. I could have just gotten a box. Exactly. Little did I know. Well, the Ig Nobel um, Awards are are being uh, handed out. The Ig Nobel Prize winners celebrate the weirdest scientific discoveries. This year's winning researchers figured out whether it's safer to transport an airborne rhinoceros upside down. And how disgusting that discarded gum stuck uh, to a shoe is. 
Again, ignoble. While disappointing in many ways because half the fun of a live ceremony is the rowdy audience participation, the ceremony retained many in-person traditions, although it was not, of course, in person. Those included real Nobel laureates uh, announcing the prizes and the world premiere of a mini opera called A Bridge Between People about children who literally build tiny suspension bridges to join two angry adults. Okay. Uh, No faces were punched for the um, Beard study published in the scientific journal um, uh, of biology. Instead, the University of Utah scientist Ethan, I think it's Baseris, Stephen Nalloway, and David Carrier used a fiber epoxy composite to simulate human bone and sheepskin to act as human skin, sometimes with the fleece still on, sometimes sheared. Um, They then dropped um, weights on them. Okay, ignoble seems about right. The sample with the flea still attached absorbed more energy than the sheared example. And we're all better off for having known it. Well, if the same is true for human facial hair, then having a full beard may help protect vulnerable regions of the facial skeleton from damaging strikes such as the jaw. So if you're going into boxing, for example, a beard may be useful. Presumably, full beards also reduce injury, lacerations, and contusions rather to the skin and muscles uh, to the face. Hence, ignoble prize. Wow. Yeah. They have a ceremony and everything. That That's the most impressive part of the ceremony. Yeah, I guess so. Well, organizers of a world record attempt in Chicago said that they are uh, hoping to gather more than 178 canine couples to break the record for the world's largest dog wedding ceremony. I mentioned it earlier in the uh, serious news, but the chair of the Villa Park Community Focus on Unifying Neighbors Commission, or FUN, uh, said she previously participated in a November 2008 attempt at the record at Oak Park, Illinois. Uh, The attempt featured 87 canine couples falling short of the record, setting a number of 178, which was set in Littleton, Colorado, back in 2007. Well, she said she wants to see Illinois take the record on Saturday at Lions Park, Uh, In the town of Villa Park, Um, the president there is slated to officiate at the dog wedding ceremony, which um, will include canines from across the Chicago metropolitan area. Uh, They say the pet owners whose dogs don't have mates to marry can participate in a round of doggy speed dating to find an appropriate spouse right before the ceremony. Wow. I mean, I, I, I thought about putting one of these together a couple of years ago. But I, I didn't. I, I didn't have enough money for it. I was a little too poor. Um, so 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 I had I, I had to flee. I just didn't get very far at all. Didn't done. Yeah. Thanks, James. You're welcome. Well, a Florida man uh, tried to trade in a car at the same dealership that he actually stole the car from, according to police. And this was brought to my attention by James. <laughs> Wow. A man tried to trade in a vehicle to the same Lake City car dealership where he had stolen the vehicle three days earlier. The 50-year-old, who should have known better, first by stealing the car and then attempting to um, trade it in, is facing charges of grand theft of a motor vehicle, dealing in stolen property, criminal mischief, and petite threat uh, theft. I'm not sure what that is, according to the Lake City Police Department. The police arrived at the Chrysler Dodge Jeep dealership on Monday night after getting a report of a stolen vehicle. Well, dealership staff told the police that Wolf was trying to trade in his car for a new one 
And when they ran the VIN number, they found it was the vehicle that had been stolen from their lot days earlier. Officer spoke to the man and he admitted to them that, yeah, he stole the vehicle. Police reviewed the surveillance video of the dealership and saw, yeah, he did. Well, Wolf, the man who stole it, was arrested, taken to the Columbia County Detention Center. As of um, yesterday, he's still listed as being in jail. Crime doesn't pay. I mean, there are times when people get away with things, but here you go. I just think some brain cells, when you engage in that kind of crime, some of the brain cells are just lost and you are become probably, disoriented. Probably killed off by the new car smell. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was it. Yeah, it was the new car smell. Let's see, a segment of of um, Omaha's Henry Dorley Zoo was cleared out and visitors were warned to remain inside buildings after a 5,000-pound rhinoceros briefly escaped its enclosure, according to officials. Now, isn't that terrifying? A 5,000-pound rhinoceros somehow gets free, and you've got a zoo full of people. Well, the incident happened on Tuesday afternoon when zookeepers spotted an Indian rhino named Hantu outside his enclosure grazing on the grass in an area adjacent to the rhino's barn that's not open to the public. Well, visitors were asked to leave the area or shelter in buildings, and the zoo's uh, carousal um, uh, group uh, cleared the guests as a precaution. Uh, the zoo's vice president of animal management said staff quickly pulled in uh, trucks to serve as a barricade around the area to keep the rhino from wandering and used apples and leafy greens to lure him back to the barn. So it didn't take a whole lot to get him uh, back to where he belonged. In all, the rhino was outside the enclosure for about 40 minutes. That 40 minutes of complete freedom, well, not exactly. The animal never showed any signs of aggression while outside the barn and the public was not in danger, they insist. Vets were on hand with tranquilizer guns to be used in, as a last resort. Well, zoo officials believe that the, um, the animal used his nose to push open a latch uh, on the door uh, that wasn't locked properly. And the staff will uh, critique the process of corralling the rhino and they're considering changing the lock on the door from which he escaped, which sounds like a pretty good idea. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Well, he probably had a spare made up in that 40 minutes, so I would definitely get the lock changed. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably right. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll continue to take a look at the lighter side of the news. And in the second hour of the program, we'll share this week's Christian Outlook. I'll tell you more about what's in it at the end of our next segment. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show on a Friday afternoon, and we like to spend some time looking at the lighter side of the news, and that's just exactly what James Blend and I are doing. Spotted in a car at a McDonald's drive-thru in Wisconsin, a cow. A Not cow. just part of a cow, but the whole thing. Well, Jessica Nelson Moisonet pulled into the drive-thru at a McDonald's in uh, Marshfield on Thursday and said she looked up to see a cow in the backseat of a a Buick sedan three cars ahead of her. I thought it was a fake animal at first. Who puts cows in a Buick, she told the Associated Press on Friday. Then its whole head moved. Well, she quickly picked up her phone, shot a video of the bovine. I just took the video of it because, well, she was blown away that there was a cow in the back of the Buick. Well, she posted the video on her Facebook page with the caption, a whole cow. She had other words, but I won't repeat them. Telling, uh, tell me you live in Wisconsin without telling me you live in Wisconsin. She also pasted a message in the video itself that read, this is a whole 
cow in the back of that car. Well, by Friday afternoon, the video had gotten 112,000 views. Uh, She said that the family of the cow's owner saw the post and contacted her. They say the cow was actually a calf. She said the owner had just purchased it and two others, two other calves, uh, which were in the back seat as well, but were lying down and out of sight. They bought it at an auction. Now, my guess is the cow, the calf, was probably stunned. Stunned, I tell you, to learn that its distant relatives were being sold there uh, in various edible forms. And it had to have been a very sad, tragic, and shocking day for this calf to be introduced to such um, bovine cruelty. Well, the biggest the biggest problem for the poor the poor bovine is that uh, when he attempted to order, he too was denied um, a McFlurry because the machine was broken. <laughs> because the machine is always broken. Because the machine is always broken. <laughs> so he he learned very very early. Yeah, yeah. Go to one of the others. Well, an Oregon woman's uh, black and tan coon hound earned a Guinness World Record when each of her ears was measured at twelve point three eight inches long. This was an Oregon dog, by the way, and that Oregon dog's 12-inch ears earned a Guinness World Record. A Guinness said Lou, a three-year-old canine belonging to Paige Olson, officially has the longest ears on a dog, a living dog, that is. Well, Olson said she always knew Lou's ears were extravagantly long, but she only decided to measure them while sheltering in place during the COVID-19 pandemic. It's amazing what you find yourself doing when you're sheltering in place. All black and tan coon hounds have beautiful long ears. Some are just longer than others, Olson, a veterinary technician, told Guinness with a smile. Olson said Lou's especially long ears have not um, led to any medical complications for the canine. Of course, everyone wants to touch her ears. They're very easy to fall in love with, uh, with just one sighting. Now, I have to tell you, I had no flutter whatsoever looking at a dog with very long ears because it still has a snout and there are teeth in the snout and that's all I'm concerned about. Olson said Lou the dog is also a competitor at dog shows and has earned titles from the American Kennel Club and Rally Obedience. So there you have it. You know it's one of those things I feel like this has been a very bad century for Pluto. And first of all it finds out he's not a planet anymore. And then, and then now he doesn't have the biggest floppiest ears anymore either. So that's, that's, I kind of feel bad for him. It's just not, it's not easy being a dog sometimes. But uh, the question you have to ask though, is an Oregon dog with ears that long, how often are the bottom half of those wet? It's a good question. From dragging in puddles and such. Well, we'll find out soon as I think the wet weather is returning. Exactly. They could be some very soggy ears come Real soon here. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to the rainy season. We've after had a the nice summer, real I, summer. I, I, after the summer, I treasure the idea of rain. <laughs> yeah, my garden is, is pretty happy. We've had a little bit of moisture so far. Well, an Ohio pumpkin festival kicked off uh, with a state record being broken by a giant pumpkin that weighed in a sta- weighed in rather at a staggering two thousand one hundred and ninety five pounds. I'm not sure how you transport such a thing, but Jeff Thiel of Dillonvale took the top spot in the 57th Barnesville Pumpkin Festival's King Pumpkin Way Off. That was Wednesday night when his gargantuan gourd tipped the scales at 2,195 pounds, more than 100 pounds heavier than the second place finisher. Well, the uh, pumpkin took the state's record from Todd and Donna Skinner, whose giant pumpkin weighed in at, um, what, 
2,150 pounds at the 2017 festival. So they've held the record for some time. Uh, Thiel said he owes his prize pumpkin to a deceased friend. I got the seeds from the guy who ended up passing away from cancer. He told local television, I emailed his wife when the pumpkin was 50 days old, and I let her know how things were going, and I told her I can't help think that he's up there pushing things along. The pumpkin festival runs through Saturday. Now, just as a point of clarification, he's not up there pushing the pumpkin along. I just felt like I needed to clarify that. We make a lot of statements like that, but that's not quite how it works. I know it's fun Friday, but I couldn't resist. Well, a 58-year-old Canadian strongman broke a Guinness World Record in New York by pulling 33,400-pound bus 16 feet by using his upper body. Again, is this the result of boredom? Are we what measuring in U- U.S. pounds or uh, Canadian pounds? <laughs> I'm just going to say, because it's only, you know, that would be like you know, 25,000 or so if it's Canadian pounds. 33 pounds, 33,400 pounds. That's a lot of bus. That's a lot. Well, Kevin Fast appeared on ABC's Live with Kelly and Ryan. He pulled a 40-foot all-electric Metropolitan Transportation Authority bus on West 67th Street in Manhattan, to break the record for heaviest vehicle pulled using only the upper body. Uh, Fast broke his own record from 2017 when he pulled a 24,427-pound truck in Coburg, Ontario. We are excited to be part of an historic Guinness World Record attempt to pull the heaviest vehicle by the upper body and congratulate Kevin Fast on his exciting achievement. That's what the acting president of the... uh, MTA Bus Company and Senior Vice President at the New York City Transit Department of Buses had to say in a statement. Well, he said the uh, MTA welcomed the chance to draw national attention to its all-electric buses. Having one of our all-electric clean energy buses pulled on a national stage gives us an exciting opportunity to showcase the MTA's continued commitment to deliver a modern, sustainable, and reliable bus system that New Yorkers deserve while protecting our environment. My guess is if uh, this guy is successful, you may find in the future all buses will be pulled by men who are trying to break a Guinness World Record. Kind of funny when you're listening to a story sometimes that you only hear some words more than others, like pulled, broke, uh, upper body, I just now I'm just like cringing. It's like, yeah, I just think about how broken and every, yeah, I'd just be destroyed if I even tried it. Yeah, for sure. Well, a 10 foot wide house, now think about that 10 foot wide, the whole house in Boston has sold for $1.25 million. It's known as the skinny house or the spite house. It's 10 feet wide at its widest and it's been sold for. An extraordinary amount. Well, in the latest example of a wicked hot housing market, this 10-foot wide house in Boston sold for an exorbitant uh, uh, house, um, a million and a quarter uh, dollars or a quarter of a million or three-fourths of a pound. Anyway, uh, located in the city's historic North End neighborhood, the two-bedroom, one-bath home was built in 1890, according to the city tax records, though some um, accounts say 1862. But the real estate agency calls it the skinny house. It measures 1,165 square feet. Floor through residence um, with three exposures offering a unique floor plan, manicured gardens, and a private roof deck with um, unobstructed harbor and city views. The house is a frequent tourist spot seen along the Freedom Trail in Boston. Uh, Boston. Well, it's the result of an argument between two brothers. Um, 
Uh, the legend is that the two brothers inherited the land sometime around the Civil War. One of them went way uh, went away to fight and came home to find that the other brother had built a house bigger than his share of the land. So the returning soldier built a skinny house uh, in the other space that was left. The other brother, to spite him, built the house um, to block off the entry and the view of the larger house on the spot. Well, they say that they had a handful of offers. They sold to a local family of four who offered more than $1.2 million list price. The kids are going to have the bunk beds. The mother and father are going to be in the master suite next to the private roof deck. The kids are going to have the whole backyard, she tells uh, local media. And they're also going to have four really skinny levels of house to live in. So it's a rather interesting image. It's a beautiful home, but it just happens to be very skinny. Well, and we know of at least one pumpkin that won't fit inside of it. Yeah, that's right. But it's also good to know that if you're a dog from Oregon, you can still lay down and have plenty of room to stretch out your ears and relax for a warm winter's nap. That you do. Hey, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We need to take a break here in just a moment for news and traffic. When we return, this week's The Christian Outlook. Kevin McCullough and KT McFarland, along with um, China expert Gordon Chang, will talk about the president's actions as leader of the free world and China's increasingly belligerent and aggressive posture. We'll hear from Bob Burney about parental frustration over draconian public school rules and the boon in homeschooling. And you'll hear my conversation with Dan Britton and Ron Forseth about their book, The Wisdom Channel. All of that coming up in the second hour of the Georgine Rice Show. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 